it's always a blessing when you have to like speak in front of a crowd of people and you think you see a bunch of critics, but you see family. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming out to support me. Thank you, Park Baptist, for being family and uh, welcoming, welcoming me in. Let's go. Let's go into prayer. Lord, thank you so much for calling me. Thank you so much for humbling me. Hide me behind the cross, and I ask that these words prick the hearts of everyone in the congregation tonight. Um, I confess that I'm nervous, and I want to seem big, but I ask that you, once again, hide me behind the cross, and let the words be the words of you and not me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So open your copy of God's words, words to 2 Samuel chapter 9. David asked, is there anyone remaining from the family of Saul I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, is there anyone left of, of Saul's family I can show kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, there was still Jonathan's son who was injured in both feet. The king asked him, where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodabar at the house of Makir, son of Amiel. So the king David had, brought, had, had him brought from the house of Makir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, fell face down, and paid homage to David, and said, And David said, Mephibosheth, I am your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid. David said to him, since I intend to show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth paid homage and said, what is your servant that you take an interest in a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's attendant, Ziba, and said to him, I have given to your master's grandson all that belongs to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to work the ground for him, and you are to bring in the crops so your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson is always to eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, your servant will do all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at King David's table, just like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All those living in Ziba's house were Mephibosheth's servants. However, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. His feet had been injured. Now, my freshman year at Clinton College, I was a new believer. I was excited about God's word and ready to skip class the moment an opportunity presented itself. I remember having two night classes, and one of those classes was Spanish one. I couldn't stand it. One day, a friend of mine introduced me to Winthrop BCM, and I fell in love with it almost instantly. If you know anything about BCM, you know it meets Thursdays at 7 p.m. I felt that it was God's providence that it so conveniently happened to meet during the same time my Spanish one class did. I faithfully skipped class to attend BCM. By the time finals rolled around, I could count on one hand how many times I was present. My grade in the class was a high D, which was probably the equivalent of a 
After the final exam, which I failed, the professor pulled me to the side and gave me a stern talking to. In her reproof were words of encouragement. She let me know how I was filled with potential, and she gave me the opportunity to turn in all the assignments I missed. I, I passed the class with a C. Now, I'm not up here to encourage you to skip class or to handle your responsibilities lightly, but I do want to paint a picture of what God's kindness looks like and how it, was, how it has made a way for sinners like us to live eternally with a perfect God. Um, this is going to be laid out in three points. God's kindness leads to kindness. Um, I forgot my other two points. We'll get to it. So, verse 1, we're thrown smack dab in the middle of a conversation where David has asked, is there anyone remaining from the family of Saul I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? For some of you, these names in this story isn't anything new. But if you're like me, you're probably asking, who are these characters? So let's get into some important context. David was a young shepherd boy when he was anointed king. Saul was the appointed king at the time, but had been rejected by God because he disobeyed clear instructions to kill all the Amalekites. God also sent an evil spirit to torment him, and the only remedy for this torment was the playing of the lyre, which brought Saul and David closer because David was exceptional at playing music. Imagine having chronic migraines, and the only remedy for this was the singing of your pastor, Dave King. Funny as it may be, there is something about gathering with one another that builds a solid foundation for a sweet fellowship. In 1 Samuel, we can see David killing Goliath and the townspeople singing his praises, which spurs a jealous hate in Saul's heart. Let's take a step back. In the beginning of our text, in verse 1, we see David asking, is there anyone he can show kindness to from the house of Saul for Jonathan's sake? So who is Jonathan? Jonathan was the son of Saul. Jonathan was the natural successor of Saul, but oddly enough, Jonathan doesn't form the same kind of disdain for David as Saul does. If we're looking through a worldly lens, it would only be natural for Jonathan to hate David. Jonathan's inheritance had been given away to an outsider. Eventually, Saul's jealousy turns to wrath, and he begins to take attempts at David's life. Jonathan and David formed a covenant friendship, and David, David promised to always show kindness to Jonathan's house. So Saul and Jonathan are killed, not by David's hands, but this finally put David on the throne. Eastern custom would tell David to now demonstrate his power by wiping out the remainders of the house of Saul so that there would be no one to challenge his position, but David does the complete opposite. David summons Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth falls on his face, assuming he'd be executed. But what does David say? Do not be afraid. How sweet the tone of mercy. Imagine breaking the printer at work or making a horrible decision and your boss calls you in their office. You expect to be chewed out or fired, but instead you're met with kindness, grace. Can you sense that relief? I remember in high school, my mom had a glass kitchen table. I had gotten out of school early, so I decided to clean up, uh, you know, impress my mama. I start to move the kitchen table so that I could mop the floor, and of course, I drop it. My heart sank into my gut. A lot of you don't know this, but a lot of you do. I am very dramatic. So in that moment, I lost it. I began hyperventilating, and I ended up calling my mom, begging her not to beat me. Of course, she doesn't pick up. It goes to voicemail, which fuels this anxiety attack. 
When she finally got home and saw the table, she just kind of laughed because of the voicemail I left her, and she told me it was all right and that it was just a table. Can you imagine the relief? David goes above and beyond when showing kindness to Mephibosheth. He gives, Saul's fields, he gives him Saul's fields and gave him a place at the table. This was exemplary in the way we should go about treating one another. Never be hesitant in your generosity. Jesus has made it clear that we should be a giving people. Let's read Matthew 25, 34. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So let me share with you a story. In November, in November, I finished the semester at Winthrop with intentions of interning here at Park. The plan was for me to stay at Fellowship Baptist in an old Sunday school room. The day I was to move in, Dave decided that I could stay with him and his family. At the time, Dave barely knew me. But he had experienced God's kindness before, and that led him to share with me what God blessed him with. Dave went above and beyond for a stranger. He inconvenienced himself and his family so that I'd have a place to sleep, a place to eat, a place I could call home. When was the last time you were kind? I am so proud and encouraged by this congregation. I watch how tender the college students are when interacting with the senior saints. It blows my mind how often meals are shared here at Park. Dan Mass offered to fix my car, and when he finished, all I owed him was to eat dinner. I needed a place to do my laundry, and Sarah Servants invited me over, allowed me to use her detergent, and while my clothes were finishing, she shared her dinner with me. Katie Thompson opened her door to give my mom a place to stay for a few days, not because my mom was homeless, but because she wanted to be there for my mom when things in her life were messy. I could go on and on and on about the kindness of this congregation. I want you guys to never grow weary in good doing because these acts of kindness have an internal, internal impact. Point two that I forgot in the beginning. God's kindness overcomes fear. So in verse six, we see that Mephibosheth has fallen down on his face and paid homage. And David informs Mephibosheth of his intentions. And he says, Mephibosheth says, What is your servant that you take an interest in a, do a dead dog like me? This seems to be evidence of a lowly and dark sense of self or an attempt at, humi at humility. But in all reality, Mephibosheth was accurate in his description. We are Mephibosheth. Undeserving. Broken. Sinful in our very nature. Outside of God's kindness, our righteous acts are but filthy rags. Outside of God's kindness, we are debris floating in an ocean of sin, drifting further and further away from God. And when we understand our condi condition, we can better grasp what happened at the cross. Mephibosheth was a cripple. 
In today's time, we have resources for people with disabilities like wheelchairs, hearing aids, accommodations at colleges and restaurant, restaurants, the list goes on. But in Mephibosheth's time, as a cripple, you were completely dependent on someone else. You had no value in society. When was the last time you showed kindness to a cripple? See, there is a cripple in the sense of the physical, but there is also a spiritual crippleness. David asks every Wednesday, who did you share the gospel with this week? Beloved, we have possession of something so precious. We have a seat at the table, and there are people who are spiritually starving, and we've been commissioned to go pass out invitations. Church, don't hear me wrong. This isn't a rebuke. This is a reminder that God has taken interest in dead dogs and made us something beautiful. How will we respond to this? Romans 2 and 4 reads, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? If you aren't a believer in here tonight, I urge you to consider what life is like after death. If you aren't sure of your salvation, please find me at the church or talk with Pastor Dave. Or if you have a pastor, share with him your concern. My third point. The king's kindness makes us sons. Let's look back at our text. It tells us in verse 11 that Mephibosheth ate at the table like one of the king's sons. This is the gospel. Mephibosheth a far-off and weak enemy of the king who had to be brought near to humbly accept adoption into a royal family. This is what Paul was trying to relay in Romans 8 and 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about by your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in, share in. We see three times in the text mentioning that Mephibosheth's tenure in the kingdom will be always. How sweet is it that our tenure in the kingdom of God is always how miraculous is it that we, a valley of dry bones, has been claimed as children by the almighty God? Like Mephibosheth, we come from royal origins, but because of sin, we were separated, cut off from righteousness. But God loved us so much, he sent his son to bear our sin and die in our place, to raise three days later with forgiveness on his lips and hands outstretched. But in true Messiah fashion, it didn't stop there. Christ ascended into heaven to prepare a place for us. If you are a believer in here tonight, we will one day take our place at the table and break bread and drink the cup in the presence of our great and merciful king. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for Park Baptist and all that that has done for me. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for using me, a vessel. I ask that these words resonate in the hearts of the congregation. I ask that they be applicable. Holy Spirit, I ask that you put people in their path to share the gospel with. I ask that you convict their hearts, move them to repentance, plant seeds, water seeds. Thank you so much. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.